Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable, human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. From KQED. All right, so the Bay just celebrated our 100th episode last week. And one thing that's clear when looking back at the last six months is that we like to talk about identity, how people think of themselves, how we think of others, and the powers in place that define us for better or worse. The only thing that that your question makes me think of is how angry I get when someone says something like, you're so white. Today, we'll hear an argument from one Asian-American writer who says the whitening of her identity harms other people of color. I'm Devin Kadiyama. Welcome to The Bay. I did not know that whiteness was not like a fixed thing. Iris Kuo is a writer based in San Francisco. Whitening is a sociological phenomenon in which the white race expands to basically swallow up groups that previously weren't considered white. Iris recently wrote a personal essay for The Atlantic called The Whitening of Asian Americans. Iris, by the way, is Taiwanese American. Just to give you some context, like I grew up in small southern towns for the most part where I was one of very few Asian uh, people. Um, so certainly never questioned whether or not I was a minority there. What, what made you want to write this essay? The idea for this essay first came about when I was studying at Columbia uh, University, and I got invited to speak on a panel that was sort of built as a diversity panel, and I was representing the women's group. And once I got there, I saw that the group representing military veterans and LGBTQ, um, Black and Hispanic, but there was no one there representing Asian students. For the first time, maybe, in my life, I was thinking, wait, so do do I not contribute to the diversity of, of a group? Iris's essay jumps off the news that the U.S. Justice Department recently joined a lawsuit on behalf of a group of Asian-American students. The students are suing Harvard University for discrimination. They accuse Harvard of having illegal quotas for the number of Asian-American students allowed in. So the way the plaintiff in the suit is talking about it is that it's about race-blind admissions. The way other groups talk about it is this is really about affirmative action and it's really about a effort to take down affirmative action and to end it. Here's what's interesting to me about the case. When I first started reading about it, cover, reporting on it, I just thought it was 
crazy that this lawsuit is being filed with the help of a group that previously helped white students sue universities for discriminating against them. The group is called Students for Fair Admissions, and it's run by an activist named Edward Bloom. Bloom's group has sued other universities alleging similar discrimination, but on behalf of white students. One of the most notable lawsuits was against the University of Texas at Austin on behalf of Abigail Fisher. Fisher lost the case back in 2016, but now Bloom has brought a similar argument against Harvard on behalf of Asian American students. You could see how Asians might be being used in this Harvard case. They're teaming with a group that represents white people and claims that they've been discriminated against on the basis of race. And, you know, if we presume that affirmative action policies were designed and do help people of color, by taking Asians out and separating them away from this group, it's creating this potential wedge. But you can't tell me that a kid who has to score 540 points higher just because of his race, over which he has no control, it's an immutable characteristic, is not being discriminated against. Basically, what we have now is a war of conflicting accounts of how do you get into Harvard and right. does Harvard really, you know, racially profile and racial, have racial bias again? Dicey territory. It is dicey. Yeah. Well, I think what, what where this conversation kind of gets interesting, too, is that Asian Americans are both kind of this excluded minority group, mm -hmm. uh, but they also are seen as like a model minority in, in, in a lot of ways. And that kind of has aligned them in some ways with, with white Americans and has gotten them some privileges. Mm -hmm. And I kind of want to ask you about whether you've ever felt that you've personally benefited from some of the privilege that white people have. I was at this fancy department store, self-proclaimed on the record, bougie Asian, <laughs> right? Like I say that in the essay. So I was at this department store and I had already gotten to the cash register. They rung up all my stuff and I forgot my wallet. And I was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. And I was like super stressed. I was like, they're going to throw me out of the store or something. Like I just felt like a criminal. And the lady just smiled at me and she was like, really don't stress about it and I'm like digging through my bag and finally she's like look we're gonna let you take this merchandise home and we're gonna trust that you're gonna call us back with your credit card number so the woman who said that to me looked like she might have been white and there was another woman of color behind the counter so as this this other woman is like telling me we're gonna trust that you're gonna call us back you're gonna take the merchandise back the woman of color, it just looks like flabbergasted. And I'm flabbergasted. Like, we're just like, what? Really? You're going to do that? Like, <laughs> Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> and literally the first thought that went through my mind after I got over the shock of her saying that was, is this what it's like to be a white person? I was just blown away. Like, is this what it's like to be a white person? What does that mean for whitening then in, in our society? Like, is whitening a positive thing in the end? Because if groups get to all of a sudden be white all the time, then then they pass. Then they get what everybody else doesn't doesn't get. Is, is this a huge problem that Asian Americans can be seen as white in some in some ways? And, and how do you like draw the line and determine when you're going to when you're going to allow yourself or try to push towards that whiteness, you know, 
Yeah. I don't want white privileges because I don't think white privilege should exist to begin with. There's truth to it that, you know, being white gets you all these privileges, gets you all these benefits, but that shouldn't be the case. So I don't consider it a compliment to be told that I have honorary whiteness, to be told that I get conditional whiteness, that I get let in sometimes and sometimes not. It's a perpetuation, a continuation of white supremacy. So for me to suddenly get those benefits does not does nothing to solve that problem. I think Asian Americans are starting to enter a racially nebulous place. So sometimes we're minorities, right? Yet when I'm at Columbia and we're celebrating diversity, Asians are not included in that. And let's talk about like the Silicon Valley, the Bay Area. Some tech companies release these diversity reports where they tell the public how many women and men and people of different ethnicities make up that company. But Iris says that sometimes these reports and also the media don't pay as much attention to Asian and Asian Americans as part of the underrepresented groups. So to me, that suggests that Asians are minorities or they are people of color, depending on whose narrative it suits. That's super interesting. When I was an education reporter in Kentucky, Asian students were always lumped for one reason or another with the white students, Mm. whether it was their academic record or whatever it was. That seemed off to me, and I couldn't put my finger on exactly why. I'm half Japanese, so Mm -hmm. maybe I was particularly sensitive to that. But I always felt like they were a forgotten part of the story. Like I said, it's a form of erasure, right? Like what you're describing to me is, is whitening. Bay Area has a lot of Asian Americans. Mm-hmm. So when you're thinking about like whiteness and and privilege, does that look different in the Bay Area because there are so many Asian Americans? Because you live you live in San Francisco, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's really hard to say. I didn't grow up here. Yeah. Um, I think the dynamic probably is different. I remember interviewing a Harvard student who is. Asian American from the San Francisco area. Is it Sally or Sally? Yeah. Okay. Sally Chen. I met her through a group that has filed to be a part of the lawsuit against Harvard in the sense that they're defending affirmative action. I asked her straight up, so do you consider yourself a minority? And she took a really long pause. And she's like, Well, you know, I grew up in the San Francisco area. My high school had a lot of Asians. I'm not sure that I can can really say. And that was the first time I think I've ever heard another Asian American sort of be like, I don't know, there are a lot of us. Like The way she put it is that she feels it's sad to be a part of this kind of gatekeeping. It feels like we're all scrambling for a limited number of spots that are set aside for non-white people. I think what some of these cases are arguing is that there aren't enough spaces set aside for white people, right? Like when, you know, Abigail Fisher is suing UT Austin, that's kind of the argument that's being made. The way I've kind of started thinking about it is like, are we just fighting over white people's scraps? Yeah. We're not addressing the larger systemic problems with racism in this country and the way the education system works in the country. 
Do you think oh, do you think whiteness is always going to be synonymous with American culture? I hope not. The problem is that being white is the standard in our society for what is good, for what is beautiful, for what has, you know, merit and um, legitimacy. That's a huge problem. Iris Quo is a writer based in San Francisco. To read her essay in The Atlantic, check out the link in our episode notes. And we are very aware that race is always this complicated thing to talk about. But as Iris said, and I totally agree with this, there should be a lot more essays and articles written about race, including the Asian American experience, so that we can have conversations about it. So let us know what you think. You can reach us anytime on Twitter using the hashtag TheBayKQED. I'm Devin Kadiyama. You've been listening to The Bay. Do you love learning about the San Francisco Bay Area? Its history, its people, its unique blend of cultures? Then you should check out The Bay Curious Book. I'm Katrina Schwartz, editor and producer on The Bay Curious Podcast, and I'm here to let you know that for the month of May, we've worked out a sweet deal for KQED podcast listeners. Right now, you can get the Bay Curious ebook for $1.99. That's right, $1.99. Just search for Bay Curious wherever you get your ebooks or find the link in our show notes. This offer does expire at the end of the month, though, so you'll want to act on it fast. Happy reading! Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member. Get special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks.